Amen. Okay, so for those taking notes tonight, the title of my message is No Offense. I'm offended already. Here we go. <laughs> we are going to have a conversation about the elephant of offense. Everyone gets offended. It's how you address it is what's different about us. We all get offended. Now, when I, when I found out I'm part of the platform preaching team for this series, I actually couldn't get past this thought. There were so many hot topics that you can talk about, things in the media. I mean, some of us are actually so sick of hearing about whether you get the vax or not. Like, we're just tired of that. But I just couldn't get past the root of why these are hot topics. These are hot topics. These are controversial because it's the way people are addressing them. You can't actually just talk about it openly and honestly anymore because everyone's so offended. And as soon as you say something, that person's going to get more offended. And the only people you can talk to about it are the people that agree with you because they're going to be like, yes, amen, you're so good, yes, I believe that too. But as soon as you talk to someone who doesn't agree with you, they're going to get offended. And then you're going to get offended. And then it's this big old spiral. So we're addressing it tonight. And I'm hoping that you will open your heart, open your mind, and actually receive something from God. As I said, it's for everyone. I get offended all the time. I mean, I got offended by Tybo saying that my photos don't look good. So. <laughs> I'm joking. Okay, so um, my mission tonight really is actually to address this issue, but I want, you to, I want you to walk away tonight knowing that you actually can have unity when you deal with offense once you've dealt with it. You can actually have unity. You can be free from the pain and disappointment that offense brings. It is actually in your control and able to be possessed at any given moment when offense knocks on your door. And it will knock. In fact, Luke 17 verse 1 says, Jesus, Jesus is talking to the disciples here, and he says, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Another translation says, it is impossible that no offenses should come. They will. They will knock on your door whether you like it or not. I actually counted this morning and during the week, by the time I got to work, I got offended 10 times. Like, I could have been offended, sorry, because I dealt with them. But let's think about this. What are some examples of what offense looks like in every day? Like, I've talked about, like, the hot topics that we've been addressing. Um, but what about, like, you've just spent all day at work, and you get home, and you make your wife a delicious meal, and you clean the whole house super quickly before she gets home, and as soon as she walks through the door, she's like, why didn't you do this? And you're like, honey, I've just done all of this, and you didn't see any of it. And then they get offended. Well, what about you, um, you're at home, and you, you're scrolling on Instagram, and you find all of your friends at a party, but you didn't get invited. How are you going to address that one? Or what about you've just spent days working on this project at work and then your boss comes in and just completely undermines everything that you've just spent all your time on? What about you actually go for this promotion that you actually think you're perfect for and everybody else thinks you're perfect for, but your boss is like, mm, nah, we're going to choose this person? Or what about um, for the youth in the room? Your, um, your parents ask you to do something and um, you don't want to do it. And so they actually give you a consequence for it. 
and they actually follow through. And you get offended. You're like, but mom, I wanted to go there. I wanted to do this. How are you going to deal with it? Are you actually going to still honour your mother and father? Have you guys ever heard the quote, living offended is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die? Have you? Have you ever heard of that? Because that's what happens when you get offended. You're holding on to this horrible thought, this horrible feeling, and all you're expecting is the other person, this passive aggressiveness coming out of you. You think it's going to affect them, but it's only affecting you. Half of the time, they don't even realize they've offended you. Half of the time, they didn't even mean it. They didn't even know they did it. And you're holding on to this horrible thing, this horrible thought that everyone's out to get you, but it's actually not even something that they realized. So symptoms of an offended person. They're unhappy. They frequently complain. They're assuming the worst about people, about everything. They make mountains out of molehills. They react spitefully. Have you ever done this? I definitely have. Sorry, honey. They withdraw. When you're offended, hello, some people leave the church because they're offended. They withdraw themselves out of the call of God. They withdraw themselves out of the relationship. They withdraw themselves. It actually touches so deeply on my heart because I've seen this. I've sat across the table from someone who's actually said, can't do this anymore, but all it was was a miscommunication. All it was was a misinterpretation of a conversation that they had. And now they're completely hands off. They don't want a bar of what we're doing here. And that's sad because there's so much potential in their life. We have to deal with this. We have to deal with it. And it has to be quick. If you don't deal with it, it's going to eat you, eat you alive like an elephant. Do elephants eat people? Now, okay, so um, John Bevere, he actually has a book, and he, call, he, he talks about offense in the book, and it's called Bait of Satan. Like, how good is that? Bait, offense is a bait of Satan. Um, and in, in his uh, book, it talks about two different categories of offended people, and one of them is you're actually genuinely mistreated by someone. You actually have a genuine reason to be offended by that person. Like, maybe... Maybe you've actually had a relationship breakdown and that person actually did do something towards you that really did hurt you deeply. Maybe you've actually got an offense against your parents for the way that they raised you. Maybe you've actually got an offense against work because they did actually, they've filed like a lawsuit and everything against you even though nothing, like the genuine mistreatment. And yes, it's, it's, you can be offended by that, but you, you actually know that you still have control you still actually can deal with the offense because it's a heart issue. That's one. But then you've got the other people who just think they've been mistreated and all they've actually had is an inaccurate, they've got inaccurate information or they've discerned incorrectly. Now, I, tonight I'm dealing with both. But for the people who have actually been genuinely mistreated, I might not say everything that needs to be said for your situation. So can I ask you to actually see a pastor about it? Can I actually ask you to get into a life group or actually go to an organization and actually chat it out? Because I've only got 
15 minutes to actually talk to you about this. So your issue, whatever it is, whatever the situation that you're going through, might actually need a bit more than 15 minutes to talk about it. So actually get some help. Okay, what's an offense? An offense is like a wound. It's an injury to the soul. In fact, it's actually an attack on your integrity and your self-image. An offense, when we feel offended, it's a perceived, um, it's an evaluation that someone thinks the worse of us than what we actually believe. And so, of course, we're going to be like, oh, I didn't think that about myself, so why are you? They think worse of you than what you thought. Now, I know you didn't wake up this morning and be like, hmm, I'm going to be offended. I'm going to get offended this morning, and I'm going to enjoy it. No, you didn't wake up feeling that. You didn't wake up with the mission to be offended. But it has to come from somewhere, right? So I've got two roots of offense that I think are probably the most um, common. And the first one is insecurity. We get offended because we're actually just insecure. We actually just don't know who we are. And I'm saying that because I've dealt with that. I, get, I used to get so offended so easily. Every now and then, yes, still now. And it's just because I didn't actually recognize that I'm actually awesome. And I actually do have abilities and skills. And I actually do have something to contribute. And I actually can do whatever the situation demands. But before that, I didn't know that. And someone can easily say something, and I'm just immediately offended. I had a student once who, um, in class, he used to say, every time I gave someone else a compliment, he'd be like, Miss, what about me? Miss, what about me? You see that? You see this? I did this. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I used to laugh at it, and then I realized that I kind of do the same thing. Like, really, obviously a different way and a little less verbal. But I do the same thing. And that's how I easily got offended. Because when someone, OK, personal example, someone would give Cam a, a compliment, because he's actually awesome, right? Like, hello, hello. <laughs> but um, when we first got married, I was actually still very, very insecure. And someone will see Cam and be like, wow, that was so awesome, or you've really got this gift over your life, or something like that. And I would just be sitting there like, I get nothing. All right, I'll just go over here. I'll just go in the corner over here. Until I actually had people who pick me up on it and say, why did you even think that? Why did you even let yourself go there? Why did you actually like pull yourself out? No one thinks that of you. Bait of Satan. Have you ever noticed that offenses usually come from the people most closest to us? I feel like, I feel like the enemy uses anything, anything to pull us out of our calling, to pull us out of where we're actually meant to be. So we get offended because we're insecure. We can also get offended because we have misplaced or unfulfilled expectations. You come in expecting one thing, it doesn't happen, and so we get offended by whatever it is. Now, those expectations can either be unspoken, you haven't actually agreed on what the expectations are, or they've been unmet. You have talked about them, and they haven't been met. Maybe you go into a marriage, and you've got an expectation. You say your vows, and then something happens, and the expectations aren't met. Valid. You can be offended by that. 
or they're actually just unrealistic. Like when you go to KFC and you expect fresh chips <laughs> and you just never get them. I'm so offended. <laughs> it's a real issue, guys, because I used to work there. I, like, I know how easy it is to cook fresh chips, like seriously. <laughs> no. But as I said earlier, you've got authentic reasons to be offended. Unmet expectations. Unspoken about expectations that don't happen. And it can be really disheartening. But God's good and he's got you. And we can get through whatever this offense is. Now in scripture you've actually got the word scandal on. Everyone say scandal on. An offense is actually described as a scandal on. Does anyone actually know what that is? <laughs> a scandal on is actually, a, it's, it's a removable tr- um, stick on a trap. You know how I said bait of Satan, an offense coming at you is literally a trap. It's literally a stumbling block. It's designed to cause you to ruin. As I said, there's an assignment against you, and he'll use anything to call you out of your um, purpose and alienate you from everyone. John 10.10, we know this scripture, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to do that, and he's going to try to do that through offense. And Jesus is so serious about it. In Matthew 18, he says, If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me to stumble, offense, stumbling block, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Whoa. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Then he says, such things will come. They must come. Proverbs 19.11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. James 1.19-20 says, my brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Hebrews 12.15 says, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. That's what offense does. You become bitter, and it's a root that grows in you, and you need to address it. Church, if we could grasp this, our mission statement is to unmistakably influence our world for good and for God. If we're constantly walking around offended, are we influencing for good? Are we influencing for God? God doesn't want you to walk around with that offense. In fact, at one night two years ago, the last one that we had, we had a guy named Mark Kelsey there and he said, we should live as oaks of righteousness. Firm, grounded, centered, not easily swayed by what someone says to us. If someone actually says a deliberate offense or an accidental offense, we shouldn't be swayed by that. We actually need to learn how to just let it go. And I spoke to my life group girls this afternoon about the description of what that looks like. A duck in water, when it comes out of water, the water doesn't stick to them. The water just comes straight off. So we should be living like water off a duck's back. We should just let the offense just fall straight off. But it's so hard. You have this offense and someone thinks badly of you and you're like, but I don't want them to feel badly of me, so I'm going to stick it to the man. I'm going to say something back that I'll regret. No, we have to deal with it. I want to read a parable to you that actually addresses this. And I'm going to try my best to pull out three things that God wants us to, or how we can actually deal with the offense. 
based on what Jesus says. So if you've got your Bibles, you can open it up to Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. And it's the parable of the unmerciful servant. So Peter comes to Jesus and asks, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? And you got, guys, you've got to know that seven back then was like, so good. No, no, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. And then Peter falls to the floor, like his jaw drops, and you're like, 77? No way. <laughs> then Jesus tells a story. He says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father, hello, will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. God takes offense so seriously. So we probably shouldn't let offense deal with us. We should deal with it. So we're going to get the gurney out. We're going to clean it all up. When I, when I picture someone with offense, I see like a moldy heart. Mold has just grown all over their heart and they, they, they now need something to just wash it all away and start afresh. How are we going to do that? Well, we're going to choose, number one, we're going to choose to release it. And when I say choose, it's an active verb. You must choose to let it go. Okay, here we go. Who wants to be involved in this? I'm a teacher, so I get really practical. These are IOU cards. I've just offended you, Jesse. Uh, no, I won't. I was going to actually like think of an offence, but I thought better not. <laughs> Kelsey's a teacher too, so that's why I'm picking on her. Who gets easily offended? You do not. <laughs> I've just offended you. You now have an IOU against me. What are you going to do? You have two choices. One, you can hold on to it and develop that moldy heart. Because I don't actually know about it. I've forgotten about it. I've moved on. Or you can actually let it go. You can choose to release it. I actually like to pray all together right now. As I said, offences come to everyone. 
every single person gets offended. So if you could bow your heads and close your eyes. Holy Spirit, I pray you to speak to every single heart in this place. Show us, Lord, if there are any areas of bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. Lord, I pray that you would make us willing to forgive. God may be showing you a particular person or a situation that you've been through or something that has offended you. And I'd ask if we were bold enough to pray this prayer together. And for those of us who have had that pop up in our mind, I pray that we would say these words together with all sincerity so we can let it go. So if you could repeat this. Lord, if there has been any resentment in my heart, any unforgiveness, any bitterness, I renounce it now. I lay it down. If anyone has ever harmed me or wronged me, I forgive them now. As I would have you forgive me. I forgive them now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Who's got an IOU? Feels good. The next thing that we can do to actually deal with our offenses is to practice peace. And what do I mean by practice peace? Who is peace? It's Jesus. We actually need to stay in his presence as often as we can. We need to practice who he is to deal with our offenses. Jesus forgave us of everything. He tore up those IOUs. He saw it. He addressed it. And he let it go. And so when we can actually learn from him, we can let anything that anyone ever does to us go. Granted, it might be harder because we're not Jesus, but we can do it. John 15 is one of our life verses, one that we hold to so dearly. Because if we don't do this, there's no way that we could keep doing what we're doing. There's no way that we could have the influence that we have and the opportunities that we get. Let's read it together, shall we? John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it, even, it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Have you noticed the connectedness that he's saying, he's describing it here? I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. If you are my friends, if you do what you are my friends, if you do what I command. Offenses are surely going to come, and we really have to have the prayer of the psalmist who said, "Search me, O God, and know my heart. Point out anything in me that offends you. Point it out. Help me deal with it, so I can actually just represent you well." You know, something I may have said tonight may have offended you. Maybe something that someone says on the green later is going to offend you. Maybe you're going to get home and someone in your family is going to say something. You need to address it. Address it quickly. Let it go and practice peace.